Speed. Chaos. NASCAR. You're listening to NASCAR at Night, only on The Alternative Edge. And now, it's time to start your engines. Here's Joshua Tigges and Evan Brinks. Welcome you into episode three here on the podcast edition of NASCAR at Night. I'm Josh Vitigas, joined here by Evan Brinks. The season is well underway, and I couldn't be happier. No, we've had two really exciting, well, one really exciting race in <laughs> Daytona. Yeah, uh, coming off this past weekend down at Auto Club, uh, I had a lot of fun watching that race. I know we'll get into it later, but it's the last race on that two-mile track out there, uh, or supposedly. I mean, NASCAR announced selling off all that land, so I guess yep. it kind of is solid right now that they're selling off all that, but we'll get into that later uh, and get into our thoughts about the race. I mean, it's been a track that I always used to dismiss, uh, but now I've realized what quality of racing it actually does produce. I guess the next-gen car really brought in good racing for that track. It, it- it introduced quality racing to all, like the one and a half to two mile tracks, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, NASCAR hit the nail on the head, I would say, with developing a car for the mile and a halfs. Now, when we go to like super speedways and short tracks, that's another story. Although they uh, did just announce the new short track package they today. They did just announce a new short track package today, so on Tuesday. So that was just announced. Hopefully, that improves. Uh, thinking back to testing, I think drivers said that that did make an, an improvement. Yes. Um, maybe not as much as what they were hoping for, but it's a step in the right direction. Big time, yeah. Uh, Yeah, which is, I mean, with a new car, that's all you can ask for, really, is for that step in the right direction. Um, But, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit and everything, but let's take a look in that rearview mirror back at this past weekend down at Auto Club. So we mentioned it last week on the podcast, the weather threw a wrench into everyone's plan. There was snow on Friday. (laughs) In Southern California. In Southern California. Don't see that every day. No, you don't. Uh, That historic weather event that moved through Southern California. Of course, naturally, it had to be when NASCAR went there. Of course. Um, But so, yeah, uh, I remember seeing pictures and videos of Friday and even Saturday at the track. It was just a wet mess. I am surprised that the track was as dry as it was on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. You know, we heard throughout the entire weekend, the weepers. You got to look out for the weepers. When are the weepers going to come in? You can't run over the weepers. And then it came to the race. Not a single one. Yeah, there wasn't a single weeper, which I was kind of surprised by. Um, But it's it's a big testament to NASCAR, what they did to get that track prepared to go racing uh, because I think that Sunday morning at 545 they had the jet drivers out on the track in the morning so yeah they were doing it they did a really good job and were committed to racing two races on Sunday yeah so that was really awesome to see them do that because unfortunately Saturday with that Xfinity race there was just no chance they were going to get that thing in uh, with the way the rain was popping up out there no they were going to go five laps and then wreck and then five laps and then wreck and then yeah. have to park yeah exactly um so it was the right move uh, to move that Xfinity race to that uh, Sunday night after the cup race. And my goodness, if you watch that Xfinity race, you know what I'm about to say. That that was some of the prettiest sights in racing I've ever seen. Because with the sunset over that track, with the snow-covered mountains in the background, oh yes. my goodness, it was beautiful out there. Yeah, that was 
perfect scenery, picture perfect. It was, yes. Uh, but the one thing that all that rain did do was it littered the track with debris and sand and whatnot. Um, I just saw a picture today of Chris Busher of his car. You know, after the race, he tweeted that picture of his front splitter, how it was essentially demolished just yep. by all the sand that he was running into all the time. But he also... Today I saw another tweet of the front nose of that car, and right where the hood, um, with that with the hood pins, right where the hood flaps up, mm-hmm. the, the wrap itself was actually peeled away right there. Yeah, that um, was it was happening on the GMS cars too, or the yeah. legacy cars, I guess. Yeah, that's crazy to think about that there was just that much sand and debris and like gravel out on the track. I mean, we saw it in the opening lap how much was kicked up there. Yeah, but. But even afterwards, I know, I think Bubba Wallace tweeted with his car that uh, just got done running the 24 hours at uh, (laughs) Fontana out here because the car looks like it. Yeah. And still, the sand was not the weirdest thing to end up on the car, on a car after the race. I think I know where you're going with this. The blood? Yep. The cat blood? Yep. Yeah, there was a black cat out on the track. Uh, I didn't see it, but I saw someone caught it. Yeah, someone um, caught it. And, well, someone caught it in multiple ways. Yeah, someone <laughs> caught it, tweeted it. I saw it out there on Twitter. Uh, and then, well, I mean, someone picked it up. One of the Penske cars, right? Yeah, I believe. Is if, it Blaney? If, yeah, I believe if someone's, I, I apologize, I don't know who on Twitter, who it was. I can't give credit. If they were, had their investigative reporting right and stuff. There was, uh, let's just call it a splatter on the hood somewhere that looked pretty similar um, to the size of hitting a cat. Although it was very high up on the car. It it kind of was. So who knows if that's verified or not. Um, But R.I.P. Black Cat. uh, Yes. It was the final final race at this track. So hopefully that luck dies with this configuration hopefully it doesn't go over to the new configuration of the track <laughs> that would be something the curse of the black the cat. black cat that would be a story and a half uh, but you know talking about that reconfiguration let's dive into that a little bit so this was the final race on the two mile two mile configuration at fontana um the only configuration that this track has had thus far yes until what is going to be now now i know you ever since the beginning you've been against this plan yeah so i I've really always liked Fontana, probably mostly because I'm biased towards tracks where Jimmy won a lot. He is the leading all-time leader at Fontana with six wins. I guess he gets to keep that record forever because the track's gone from that figure configuration. So well, that's gonna, I guess you, they'll have, you'll I have mean, a new... You bring up a good point here. Of are they going to keep um, the same kind of records or is it all going to be new records it's got to be new records it's got to be i would i would say so they're two completely different tracks it's like atlanta you can't yeah you can't keep old atlanta stuff yep i agree but you know from my perspective i look at it i look at it with the side of nascar's view of things so going back so nascar made this made this decision in 2020 yes before the pandemic hit going back to what the kind of headline was in the nascar community what all the fans were wanting back then was short tracks everyone was saying we want more short tracks we want more short tracks nascar goes and puts this plan together to change one of its tracks to a short track um and then now everyone's against it so i mean i i like what auto club currently is with the two mile configuration but i also like where nascar's head was at with trying to listen to fans and give them what they want they just listened and chose the wrong track i think because going to a one one race a year track that historically is unique 
and has unique racing. Even yeah. previously, they're still going six wide on restarts. Yeah. You you don't want to mess with a unique track. You want to take out a track that people don't like at all. I think I know where you're going with this too. Texas. Texas. Yep. <laughs> Get rid of Texas. Um, but yes, I do agree with you in that respect. Fontana is a unique track in itself. There's only two tracks that like that on the schedule with the other one being Michigan. And even then they're completely different they, types of tracks. They are completely different types of tracks. Yes. Um, but I think maybe NASCAR looked at this and said, okay, Fontana is going to need to be repaved here soon uh, because the track is worn out itself. I mean, we saw all the bumps and stuff this weekend too. Yep. You could just get a concussion from driving a lap around there. <laughs> um, but I can see where NASCAR came from where they're like, okay, are we going to put all this money in to invest in, repaving this track or do we want to put a little extra in uh, to give the fans something they want and put on a new show over there but where I think this falls short is what we talked about on the first episode this season with now Southern California is not going to have a points race for 2024 and possibly even 2025 yeah depending upon how long this renovation takes there's just nothing else in the area and this track has a unique market it, as it, a points race. It does, yeah. So um, it brings up that confliction there because you're losing a big market out there. There's a reason they go to the L.A. Coliseum for the Clash. It's because they have a big market um, out there in L.A. Uh, in, on the NASCAR side. Yeah, while it may not seem like it, statistically there's so many people in L.A. that yeah. somebody's going to come yeah. and do, boy, do they come. Yeah, the tra- the race this weekend was sold out. Yes, the it was. The race was sold out. It didn't look like that in the seats, no. um, but it was sold out. And I mean, that's because you can't blame people when they're used to 80-degree weather. When it's 40 degrees, you can't blame them for, for not wanting to sit on that cold bench. No. Um, so everyone was up underneath the grandstand yep. where they could stay warm. But regardless, they were sold out, yes, which I think was big for them. Yeah, Fontana really is unique, and I guess people wanted to see the track. One, one last time. Yeah, one last time. Um, but with that reconfiguration, NASCAR went and sold, do you know off the top of your head how many acres they sold? About 450, I Yeah, think. 450 acres there to like a real estate developer or whatever for over $500 million. Uh, so almost half a billion dollars they made off of this. They're keeping like, what, 79 acres or 34 or something? 89. Keeping 89 acres uh, to build this new track on, then they'll lease out parking space uh, for when it gets time, when the date rolls around for those race times. Uh, you look like you have something to say. I do. I, I have comparative <laughs> stats for Bristol, the amount of acres, and the amount of acres Martinsville yeah. has. Yeah, I saw that. Let's bring that up. So Martinsville's property is 340 acres, and Bristol is 670 acres. Where Where are the fans going to go? That yeah, that what, is that what, is how are they gonna make money? That is a very good question. Yes, um, NASCAR saying they're gonna invest all this money back into the track or into the fan experience and stuff. But we, the thing is, when you bring all these people here, they need a place to park. Um, and with NASCAR only having what do you say, 79, 80, 89, 89 acres. acres now, I mean, that's enough to cover probably what the track itself. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really small area around the track and then. A little bit of yeah, grandstands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's enough to cover the immediate facilities, not parking itself. But NASCAR said they'll lease out parking, so apparently they have it worked in the plan somewhere there. Um, but I want to get into the actual specifics on what this track is going to look like. So. 
based on the current or the most current plans that we know of, it's going to be a Martinsville type of track with Bristol types of turns. Except for some reason, it's a two-third mile, I think. I so. think I think one of the plans had it as a two-third mile, but the most recent plan Wasn't. brought it back down to half a mile. Okay. I believe so. So that's kind of weird. So it's not even like the plan for it's been put in stone yet. They still really don't even know what they're doing there. No, it's all so weird that they they have not decided. They had two extra years to de- yeah. or three extra years now to decide on what actually is going to happen to the track, and still yep. don't know. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Um, but let's get back into this week. And you know, there's a couple drivers I wanted to talk on. First one being Corey LaJoy. So based upon the metric system, like we mentioned with um, uh, the weather that we had out there, qualifying in practice was canceled. So they went back to the metric system to set the qualifying order for the race. And because of that, Corey LaJoy started towards the front of the field, further up than he typically would, um, based upon his result down there in Daytona. So he started towards the front of the field, and because of that, he was racing, I'd say, a little aggressive. Um, <laughs> but he's up there trying to prove himself. And, I mean, I can't blame him for that. But it's kind of funny because he had his own little highlight reel coming out of uh, this past weekend. Yeah, he it sounds like he wrecked a lot. Or he did definitely wrecked a lot. Yeah, he, he was involved. Yeah, he was involved in a lot of incidents. The first one that comes to my mind is the one with Brad Keselowski. Uh, went and turned turned him on the back stretch. Um, but you know, after the race, they were laughing it off and everything. But um, I mean, he still had a good solid run and stuff. But it was just kind of funny to see how you know he's up there, he's finally racing and stuff. But he makes a couple mistakes here and there. <laughs> a couple. I mean, a, a couple, yeah. A couple I mean, is a lot of mistakes in an NASCAR well, race. Josh. I mean, that that's true. Uh, but I still think that he's kind of, he's still proven himself out there. You know, Spire is that underfunded team. He hasn't gotten that top chance uh, in top equipment to go out there and prove himself yet. He's always been in these underfunded teams. So I still have a lot of respect for him <laughs> being out there and in performing the way he is because I think he did have a decent result this past weekend. Where did he finish? Well, uh, let me check real quick. So he went and finished 14th. He got a top 15, which for that team, that's considered basically like a top 10 or a top 5. Yeah, it's almost a win. Yeah, so really good result for him. Um, but another driver I do want to bring up was, I think both of us agreed, was our pick to win, go on and win the race, Kyle Larson. Yep, yeah, he had engine issues right away. Yeah, right away, like literally five laps into the race. He had electrical issues. They were able to get it fixed to get back out on track, 15 laps down, I believe. Uh, but still... Their day was over before it really even got started for them, uh, which is really unfortunate to see because he was already charging from the back of the pack yep. and he was already exciting to watch. Yeah, 15 laps down is a day ender no matter where you are. It, exactly. It really is. Um, so I feel bad for him. Can't go back to back out there uh, because he was the pick to win. Uh, but that brings up the question again. Uh, well, I mean, it, this wasn't NASCAR's choice, but no practice. Um, yep. you know, if they would have had practice, they would have caught that right away. He would have yes, been, ju- would. he would have been just fine. Even if they had to change stuff and start from the back of the field, that wouldn't have mattered because he was starting from the back of the field anyways. Yep. So really unfortunate for him. It kind of like a, uh, Chandler Smith situation down there in Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. He also, yeah, he also had like those electrical issues or whatever with the car, um, for qualifying where he couldn't even oh, yes, qualify. Yep. And then the duels, they had some more issues and stuff. So yeah, that brings up the question of practice again um, of maybe we do need uh, a little bit, but obviously this wasn't NASCAR's fault. It no. was the weather. They had nothing they could do here. 
Um, but I do want to talk about, because there was no practice, I think this kind of strengthens what I was saying last week. Trackhouse, they finished third and fourth. A great showing for them out there. Because of no, pra- because of no practice, do you think that contributed to them getting that good of a result? Or are they just that solid of a team now? I think they're just that solid of a team. They they know they're set up for, I guess, every single Chevy team feels like it knows it's set up for Fontana. Yeah, that's Auto true. Club is like Chevy dominated. So yeah. I feel like no matter what, if there was practice, if there was not practice, the Chevys, including Suarez and yep. Chastain, were going to do well. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in the race. Uh, the Chevys were dominant. Chevy went on yep. to get the top top four positions i believe um with bush uh elliot and then the two track house cars uh but on another manufacturer side the toyota side uh they i don't know if they really struggled a lot but they weren't they didn't seem like they were on the level that chevy and ford was on this past weekend no i believe they had one finisher in the top 10 something like that yeah um and even with that you know christopher bell started on the pole and he finished Oh, let's see if I can even find it here. I don't even know where he finished. <laughs> Bell finished 32nd. 32nd. Did he have an issue? Oh, he was caught up in that wreck. That's yes, right. He was. Yes, that's he was. right. Okay. Um, but still, anyways, let's see. There is, we had Denny Hamlin in sixth, and then Martin Truex Jr. in 11th. And the next Toyota is Ty Gibbs in 16th. So, I mean, not a great showing for them. Now, three inside the top. 29 yikes because the other the other three all wrecked yeah they were all involved in that wreck um bad day for 23 11 yes very yeah they've had a rough start to the season yeah reddick's last in points right now he has four between two races <laughs> yeah. our one-off drivers jimmy and travis pastrana are both out of him <laughs> yeah that's funny um so who knows if toyota's gonna toyota's gonna turn it around you know i mean this I've never really thought of Fontana being their best track, um, no. so it might just be the track. Who knows? They could go out to Las Vegas this weekend and have a really great showing. Um, it, like you said, it all kind of comes down to the history that the manufacturer has at the track. Like you said, Fontana's essentially Chevy's track. Yeah, at least with the next-gen car, it has been. Yeah, yep. But I do want to bring up one more driver. This goes back to my hot take from episode one. Kyle Busch is already locked into the playoffs. He's got that wind. He's on fire. Because I know these are all very different tracks, but he went finished second at the Clash, could have easily won that. At at the Daytona 500, he was leading at the 500-mile mm-hmm. mark. He could have easily won that. Here in Fontana, obviously he goes on to win. His teammate finishes ninth. RCR gets another double top 10. Uh, RCR has been, it's like they had this new fire in them this season. I think last year, at least with Reddick's team, they were doing really well. And Kyle Busch is still the Reddick team. He had three wins last year. Yeah. So I guess it must be the Toyota being that bad on certain tracks that yeah. held Kyle Busch away from getting a win on a paved track last year. I, I think you are you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. I definitely agree with that. Um, and it's kind of, from my perspective at least, it's like the brewing of the perfect storm over there at RCR. You had Tyler Reddick, this young gun, who went, built up the team a little mm-hmm. bit, gave them that momentum, and then he went and he turned on them, said, I'm going to 23-11, almost a complete blindside to them. And then they went and they were kind of 
pissed off about it for lack of better terms and they needed to find someone they found another driver who was pissed off <laughs> someone who wasn't like getting what he wanted someone who has this new fire in their eyes and just has this determination to go out there and prove himself right Kyle Bush has nothing to prove but he always thinks he has something to prove so when he went over there to RCR I think that combination between that between the two with the momentum that was built last year is boiling over to this year and I mean at least in the early stages of stages of this season, they're the team to look out for. So far, yeah, they're like track house from last year. But can you imagine if they had Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch as the two members and it wasn't Austin Dillon driving the three car? <laughs> yeah. That would be dangerous. It would be dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Yes, you are exactly right. Um, so, yeah, I had, I had to get that in there. I had to shove that in <laughs> your face a little bit. Kyle Busch went out there. Look at this. Our hot takes from... The first episode of this season. My hot take was on Kyle Busch. He went out and won this past weekend. Your hot take was on Tyler Reddick. Being better than Kyle Busch. Being better than Kyle Busch. He's He's currently last in points right now. So take that for what you will here in a little bit for when we get to hot takes. So speaking of that, let's go in and get heated. Ooh, it's about to get hot. Time for tempers to flare on hot takes. Are you kidding me? Did you even watch the race? No, 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 no. Evan and Joshua have prepared their craziest opinions. And let's say they might not always agree. What the f*** are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Dude, I cannot believe you just said that. Make sure you have some ice, because it's about to get hot. It's time for hot takes. It's time for some hot takes here where Evan and I now have, let's say, an opinion that we either may or may not agree with each other with. (laughs) Um, And even if we do agree with each other, it's something that, let's just say, the NASCAR community might not collectively agree about either. This is a chance for us to throw out there our wildest opinions. So I'll go first this week. My hot take is that the Xfinity Series produces the best racing, uh, arguably, in the world, but hands down within NASCAR. It has done very, very well the last two weeks, hasn't it? It has. And not even just that. Last year as well, I noticed this too. The Xfinity Series, the quality of racing that's produced in the Xfinity Series is top tier. Which is funny because all of the good drivers get bumped up a series. So I wonder what what would happen if you had the cup drivers driving the Xfinity cars. That... That is an interesting take or an interesting perspective. I would like to see that because at least the package that the Xfinity series has, I feel like it puts the driving, the driving ability back into the driver's hands for driver talent to showcase the most on what you can do with your equipment. We do have the top teams who, who are able to develop really good cars. I will give you that. Yes. But the Xfinity series, you have to be a wheelman to get that car to turn and to keep it going straight because those things want to whip out on you. And yeah, we do see that one. There's usually at least one driver every week from the Cup Series that comes down there, and they almost always are doing really, really well. Yep. Look at Cole Custer from mm-hmm. last year. Yep. He won in his one Xfinity race at Fontana, and then this year he was doing really well until he got caught up in a wreck. Yeah. I guess though he is a full-time Xfinity Series driver. Yeah. Austin Dillon this year, he had a good run going until he was yep. caught up with Cole Custer there in that wreck. Um, but, you know, I would really love to see a field of cup drivers drive xfinity cars because to me i like i like the next gen i like where nascar is going with it Mm -hmm. but i still think what they have in the xfinity series 
should be what NASCAR is showcasing because I think that is the premier package that brings everything into one and it produces the best racing. And it's funny because it's faster too. Yes, that's what I was just going to bring Cole, up. Cole Custer ran, um, although uh, it was one mile per hour faster, he ran a fa the faster lap, the fastest lap of the weekend. Yeah. In Xfinity. Yeah. And wasn't that the same thing down in Daytona as well? Yes, at least yes. the qualifying laps. Xfinity cars are faster than cup cars. Which is so, so weird to me. Yeah. It, should, it shouldn't be that way. Flat, plain and simple, it should not be that way. No. But I wouldn't want to rem lower the speed in the Xfinity cars. I would rather no. bump the cup series up faster. Yeah. Give him a thousand horsepower. Do what yes. Kevin Hovick said. Yeah. Give him more horsepower. But that's my hot take. It sounds like you somewhat agree with me there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't think it's that big of a... I just think the Cup Series needs better cars. Okay. Racing packages. Okay. Yeah. But in my opinion, I mean, F1 is branded as the premier or the elite uh, level of when it comes to motorsports. But in all reality, I think the Xfinity Series still produces better racing there. Granted, you really can't compare the two no because they're completely different but i still enjoy the xfinity series a lot more but you know what you can compare to f1 indycar indycar and indycar is better racing indycar is 100 percent better it's racing. it's not based on uh the car development it's based on the driver talent which is yep. what good racing is from yes racing is supposed to showcase the driver talent not the research and stuff behind the scenes f1 is a research sport it's it's a it's a me the mechanical aspect. Yes. That's what makes it special. It's the ball is in the team's hands and I to love make a that. car. I think it's so cool to see different cars come out every it, from every team. It is. It is cool to see that. But then you have the quality of racing that they produce, and it's hard for me to stay <laughs> engaged with a full F1 race when you have as big of gaps as they do. Yes, I love the the off, not the off season, but the times when we're not in a race. I like the development hearing yeah. about all of this stuff how seeing what one team is bringing that every other team is now starting to copy yep. but when you get into the race after the after a restart or after a safety car you get three laps of good racing and then it's boring because they're yeah. all single file and you have to rely on drs to yeah go anywhere yeah i can't remember the stats off the top of my head but i think it proves a true point um or it proves the, tr the point that we're trying to showcase here is that f1 had a certain amount of passes in last season let's say they had i think it was something like 599 or something mm -hmm. something like that or around that number they had that many amount of overtakes in 23 races i think they had 23 races yeah they yeah. had 23 in 23 races indycar in i think 17 races had over 790 or 800 or something they had dramatically more over 200 more overtakes or passes in their season that's six races less and i'm guessing a lot of those are coming on oval races specifically i mean a good chunk of them probably could yes uh but even on the road courses yes, as yes, well the road courses still, are better too. yeah they're still really competitive out there so got off on a little tangent there <laughs> but uh in my mind the xfinity series is some of the best racing in the world sounds good sounds good what about you oh so for my hot take i think that rick hendrick has made a mistake with his driver lineup Really? Yes. Why is that? I think that he has locked in his drivers for too long. Okay. Because they, they're locked in through 2026, which means he has three years where he cannot change his lineup without re-buying somebody out or yep. demoting somebody to the Xfinity series and spending a ton of money drive, yeah. 
sending his own car down there. Yeah, that's well. This is interesting coming from you because you've been that Hendrick fan for life. Yes, yes, I have. Um, and I mean, I I have too, so I can't say much. Um, but I mean, it brings up that interesting perspective because I mean, even this year, I mean, Alex Bowman, he's he's shown he's had decent finishes Bowman, so far this Bowman's season. Bowman's had a very fast qualifying car in Daytona. Was able to drive it fairly well, and then he finished top ten in. Yep. in California. But I also go back to his previous track record, right? He always starts the season really well. Yes. Last year, he got the win in Las Vegas, where we're going to yep. this year, right? Or we're going to this weekend. So he always starts the year really well, but then he falls off and he just can't get back. No. And this a similar thing happens with William Byron, except yeah. it's not at the beginning of the year. It's just a random point in the year where he'll <laughs> yeah. win like two or three races yeah. and then never again to be seen in the top of the top five yeah yeah um so i mean you have a point there i mean chase elliott he's chase elliott's week, week in yeah. week out he's he's one of it's between him and kyle larson who their guy is yes. uh, and i be, i mean i think having those two locked in is a good decision yes those it's the two. other two cars that i'm not completely sold on and i think bowman has the ability where you could sign him year to year and he would earn his way yeah. Every year, he would earn another year contract. Whereas yeah. Byron, I think he just wins some super speedways every once in a while. And, it, yeah. and Homestead is like the only other place he's ever won. So it's it's yeah. harder to make a case for him to have that long of a contract through 2026. Imagine if he only wins a super, one super speedway or runs competitively at Homestead. By, yeah. by the time Homestead comes around, he's knocked out of the playoffs. Already. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. He, it, it's just not worth it. Even if... Let, since we're talking about William Byron, yep. even if he wins one race a year up to 2026, I don't think that's a strong enough case for why he should stay there. No, one race a year up to 2026 is a strong enough case for somebody to stay at Trackhouse or for somebody to stay at RCR. Yeah. And yet somehow Austin Dillon is still at RCR. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, Grandpa's it's, money. it's a reason for somebody to stay at a lower, not four-car team. A yeah. four-car team means you should win two races a year at least yeah and be a top eight competitor in the playoffs every single year yeah and not just a four car team arguably the, the four, four car, car team. team yes uh hendrick motorsports is last year they kind of cemented themselves as the top of the top yes um they are the premier team to be driving for and their facility their facilities showcase it and if you if you don't win a race that year you're kind of an embarrassment to that organization. Oh, most definitely. And f for so long, it had been the big three. There were three big drivers there. There was yep. Junior, who was so popular that you could never get rid of him. Yep. Jimmy, who was a four or five time champion at the time, ended up with seven. But yep. And Jeff Gordon, who was a three time, three time or four time champion? Four time. Four, four time champion. And he basically, that organization kind of built around him. That's where and he's the management. Was. Yeah. In management there, yeah. They were never getting rid of him. It was like Brian Vickers and then Casey Mears and then Kyle Busch for a year. And then yeah, Mark, Mark Martin, Martin came in. Mark Martin did really well as the fourth car. Yep. But they never had a consistent fourth car. And it felt kind of right because the three cars were really good and they yep. made it work. But now that they've got four full consistent cars, one of them's not performing. And yeah. What do you do? You've 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 stuck money into this car till yeah. 2026. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, you bring up that good point of even these four car teams. Let's say even JGR or even Stuart Haas and stuff. These four car teams, it still feels like even with four cars, there's that one that is never on the level as the other three. 
Well, with Haas, I'd say there's three of the cars that aren't <laughs> on the level of the other one. But but Gibbs is Gibbs is the other way. Gibbs is, feels like there's three cars that are always good, and it but it feels like it rotates it. Who the it fourth does. car is? Yes. Sometimes it's Hamlin. Sometimes, which is I think it was only one or two seasons where it was Hamlin. But then there's the last couple. It's been Martin Truex, even though Martin mm-hmm. Truex has been good for so long. Yeah. And then every once in a while, it, it, for a long time, it was the twenty car. Yep. But now Christopher Bell's doing well. So yep. So now yeah. it's rotated back to the twenty car. Now the fifty-four. I mean, you got a rookie in there, so yes. you have to give a little slack there. But, but is still. it the fifty-four or is it Truex this year? Yeah, that's the good. Well, Truex already won the clash. I'd say arguably last year Truex was the weak link of that oh, group. Definitely, he, he didn't win a race. The twenty didn't car make the stepped playoffs. up. Yeah, it didn't make the playoffs. The twenty car stepped up. Yes. Then you have the other side as well. You have Penske. They have three cars there. Three cars. All of them are typically pretty competitive. Austin Sindrick, I never really hear too much about, but even when Brad Keselowski was over there, they had three cars that week in and week out could go out there and win. Yes, it felt like with three cars, with Keselowski as the third car, it felt really good with Blaney, Logano, Keselowski. Those three cars were perfect together. Yes, they were. And then you would have the 21 as their quote-unquote fourth car. Yeah. Because it was produced in shop and stuff. And that car was nowhere near the level of the other three. No. And because but it wasn't technically theirs, I mean, it... They didn't I have mean, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, but Sindrick, he won the Daytona 500, but did he do anything last year? So oh. is it is it more of a the two of the three cars there? So is there always one car yeah. that's not so good on a team yeah. where Trackhouse is the exception and 2311 is kind of the exception? Yeah. Where they're putting... Where they're actually develop, over-developing their cars, where they should be a three-car team already, and their third car would be bad, but they only have two, so they're both good cars? Who knows? Who knows? Man, this has been a long, hot-take segment. Yes, it has. It's turned into more of a, more of a discussion, discussion number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's our hot takes here. Evan thinks Hendrick Motorsports has made a poor managerial decision. I think the Xfinity Series is the best racing in the world. So, those are hot takes for the week. Coming out of hot takes, sir, that kind of turned into more of a discussion. It was more of like a cool agreement discussion than it was hot takes. Yeah, I kind of like that. We got along pretty well there. <laughs> yeah, Josh. we did. Uh, we're going to do something kind of different for this discussion period. You know, the Xfinity Series, we talked about it a little bit with uh, the race out there at Fontana, uh, the final race on that two-mile configuration. Uh, but for this uh, kind of little discussion period here, you came up with a really cool idea earlier this week. Yeah, I wanted to rank all uh, which 16 drivers we thought would be in the playoffs as of right now and where yeah. they would stand. Yeah, and we're going to kind of follow this throughout the season as long as we're here on campus Yep. Um, and see who kind of gets put in there, who we're going to bump out of our lineup then. Then ultimately when the playoff starts, we're going to have this all filled out here. Plus so. it'll, it'll, it'll be easier and easier every week. We'll have yeah. a certain amount of drivers always in there because there will be wins. Yep. So they have to automatically be in there. It'll just be where we put them in our order. Exactly, yeah. So you want to start, uh, are we starting with Let's start with the top? 16. Let's t- start with 16. All right. Do we want us both say it together? Yeah. Ricky, Ricky Stenhouse, Stenhouse Jr. Jr. All right. Yep. I knew just, yeah. He is down there in 16th. He is turning He'll, in. He is exactly what Austin Cindric was last year. He yeah. won the first race, probably won't be competitive enough, if enough to win another race. Probably won't be competitive enough to do anything in the playoffs, but he is in the playoffs. Yeah, yep. Like we mentioned, that's Taking a spot. Up that's one a, spot. That's yep. a spot that it's already, already taken. How about 15? Who do uh, you put down there? 15, I have William Byron. 
Oh, wow. I think he is still in the playoffs as of now, yeah. but he has not shown anything so yeah. far to me. No, he hasn't. I mean, we're still early, yes, um, yes. but I will agree with you. I have him pretty low as well. Not that low, not that low. but I have him in 12th. 12th. I think That's he'll fair. make it uh, to the round of 12, um, but as of now, I think he'll make it to the round of 12. But like you said, not seeing anything special out of that camp so far. No, not at all. 15th for me is Chris Busher. Oh, I, I do not have him in my list at all. Yeah, I kind of went and I was thinking about, you know, there's so, I need someone different in here, right? <laughs> I can't just go with all the top teams and stuff. And I was thinking, you know what? The RFK group, I'm starting to see more life from them in there. Brad Keselowski had a good showing out there this past weekend. Even though he spun, I think he still got a top 10. Uh, no, not quite a top 10. He Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, he got seventh uh, with, with Chris with Chris Busher in 13th. Um, so, I mean, that team, with this being the second year that Brad Keselowski's been in that owner's role, I think that uh, they could go out there and do it. Chris Busher won at Bristol on the concrete last year. That was during the playoffs, though. Uh, but I think he might have another win in him this year. I, I do see them being competitive. I also think they're like the opposite of a certain driver further up on my list, where they need to show me more to get into the list. Okay. And where a driver who is currently not showing me anything will you think get will a, get will, in there? We'll get yep. in there fairly easily. Yep. What about fourteen? Fourteenth, I have Eric Jones. Eric, Legacy Motor oh, Club. Really? You think he's going to get in there? I do. I do. Okay. I think he's he's got the opportunity. I think he's yeah. he can make it on points this year easily. And yeah. He could sneak a win in yeah. Darlington's not until the playoffs. But when he if he does make it well, to the playoffs, we do have the spring race. Oh, the spring Darlington. Never mind. He yep. could win spring Darlington really easily. And I think yep. he's competitive pretty much else everywhere else. Yeah, he is. He is a little bit a little bit of that sleeper over there. Um, so I mean, yeah, he's a good pick. For me, in 14th, I have Daniel Suarez. Oh, I I have him much higher than that. Yeah, I put him that low. Uh, because you know I have both track house in here. But I put Daniel Suarez that low because it seems like he's he just isn't performing to the level that Ross Chastain is able to achieve um, over there. I don't know if that's because of just equipment differences or whatnot. Hopefully they get something figured out. Um, but I have him kind of, I'll admit it, I have him a little low on this list. I'm not going to lie. I think it's all up to luck. Last year, he was very good at multiple road courses, multiple yeah. other races. There were races, there was a race where he was, he led the entire first stage and then got unlucky and got wrecked at the back of the second stage. This year, yeah. with no road course stage breaks, he yeah. wouldn't have been back there. He would have easily won that race. Yeah. He He's a two or three winning racer, I think. Yeah. Could be very well. Uh, but let's see. What about, let's see, we're on 14. You have 14. Yep. 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 Then I had Daniel Suarez. Yeah, oh, there. yes, you so did. Never mind. 13 there for you. Lucky number 13. 13th, I have Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. I do not have him in my lineup. Oh, really? Um, Even yeah. though you said you thought the RCR team was I, doing really well this yes, year. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, but I I don't know. Austin Dillon, it is a hit and miss when he shows up to the track. If they're going to perform well or, or not. If they're going to luck into the win like Daytona. <laughs> Or not. Yeah. Um, I think it's a big hit and miss for him, and I think this year it's a miss. Although he has he has shown points, at least with Fontana. He, he was has. doing very, he did very well there. Yeah. For me, for thirteenth on my list, I have Tyler Reddick. Oh. Now I'm sure you're not gonna be happy with that. Oh, I don't um, have Reddick in my list at all. What? 
No, I, I've, I've thought about it, and Toyota's so bad that it, I, okay. I truly do not see him making it. Okay. Especially with how bad the season started. He's already got a big gap to make up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I have him there in 13th. I think he will go on to win a race. Um, okay. I'm anticipating it'll probably be a road course. Uh, but Really? Even yeah. with Toyota's package on the road courses? I, I think so. I think he is that, that good at road courses. He won two road courses last year. Um, so I think he will go out there and he will win a road course. He will struggle for points this year. I, I do think that, especially going over to 23-11, trying to get into the new team over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do still think he'll make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. What about number 12 for you? My number 12 is his teammate, Bubba Wallace. Okay. Yeah. I, I do see him making it. I think he can win. He's won at Kansas already once. He was competitive the other race. I think he can make it easily this year. Yeah. Um. I don't have him on my list, um, but he is one of those that, like, on the shelf, if I had, like, those honorable mentions to put on my list, Austin Dillon and Bubba Wallace would be kind of like the two there that I have there ready to fill in Mm. um, other gaps that kind of show up in this list. So he's still still a solid pick. I still expect big things from him. For me, number 12 on my list, I got William Byron. Was Byron, yep. Yeah, like I mentioned. Yep. I mean, he might have a win in there. He, He might point his way in um i think he'll make the playoffs but i'm not expecting much in the playoffs from no i my ranking for byron will go up and down depending on how he finishes each weekend he is that streaky yes other drivers not so much but him specifically will go up and down every weekend depending on his finishing yes i might not even have him in next week if he finishes (laughs) outside of the top 20 yeah let's see what about you for number 11 number 11 i have alex bowman Okay. Well, I do have him in my list. Not that low, mm-hmm. uh, but I do have him in my list. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's not much to say about him. I think he's no, just it's, in he's, there. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, just in there. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the best way to put it. For me, number 11 is Martin Truex Jr. Okay. I yeah. do not have him on my list at all. Really? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I do not. Interesting. I mean, I think he'll make the playoffs this year. I think he'll get a win or two. Um but I don't think see. I don't think he'll go very deep in the playoffs. No, I I, I I haven't seen anything from him this year. To sure he won the clash, but that's not a yeah. representative of anything else yeah. for the year. Yep. Number ten then. Yeah. Kevin Harvick. That's who I have at number ten as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Look at that. Um, but yeah, I have him there. I mean, Kevin Harvick's Kevin Harvick. Uh, he'll find his way into the playoffs, I believe. Um, but with the Fords and stuff and with Stuart Haas and stuff, he's really the only asset over there at Stuart Haas right yes. now that has the experience that they can build off of. Um, so I think he'll make the playoffs, but I think it'll be a little bit of a rocky season for them. So he is also your only Haas driver in your top 16? Yep. Same. Number nine? Yeah, number nine. Joey Logano. No, no, sorry. Danny Hamlin. Joey Logano is my number eight. Okay. I have uh, Christopher Bell, so Hamlin's teammate. I have him down there at number nine. I have him further up. Okay, yep. See, number eight, I have Alex Bowman. Um, So, I mean, not quite as low as you, uh, but basically the same same Same. principle kind of applies. Same thing with kind of like William Byron. He's he's the flexible one. He's the one that'll be moving around. I could see Bowman. Bowman, eighth is a good spot for Bowman. He could fall out of the round of eight. He could be in the round of eight. It's it's all up to him. I have Logano there. I Personally, it's just because I don't like Logano. (laughs) I don't know. what did, did he win it? No, he hasn't won anything this year. He's been competitive in every yes. single race. Yeah, he has. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Number seven. I have Christopher Bell seventh. Okay. I got Kyle Larson seventh. Kyle Larson. Oh, I have them a little bit higher. Yeah. Just a little bit. Not yeah. a lot. A little bit of bias there for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has not shown me. He, um, I'll talk about. I'll wait on Larson. Okay. okay. Bell Bell is carrying in a ton of momentum from last year. That's why I have him up here in seventh yeah. as the mm-hmm. highest ranked Toyota. Okay. Yep. Uh, for me with Kyle Larson, it's because it's. I mean, he hasn't had the best of luck so far. No. And I think, I mean, even last year, I didn't really see that fire in that team that I, that you saw in twenty. 20- mm-hmm. 2021 when he went out there and won the championship um i don't see that level of fire there i think they're still capable of it uh but right now i think they squeak their way into the round eight. Oh, really mm-hmm. fair yeah number six number six i have my highest forward i have ryan blaney okay yep i have him in my list as well uh close to there but not quite He's coming up a little bit further. Yep. I think Blaney has an opportunity to win this year, which he didn't. Obviously, he did not able to get do last year. to <laughs> last year. And I I do see him not being so consistent as he was last year. He finished, what, second in points last yeah. year? In, yeah, something like that. Yep. So, yeah, I don't think he'll make it that f- high in points, but I do think he is very, yeah. very capable of driving. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. Number six for me is Denny Hamlin. Okay. Uh, that yeah. is my highest Toyota. Uh, and it's because it's Denny Hamlin. He has that experience and stuff, um, but I don't think he's going to get that championship yet. Mm. Yeah, I don't see him getting one either. Yeah. Breaking the top five, who you got? Kyle Larson, number five. Kyle Larson, fifth? Okay. Because he, so. he had not, he's the driver where I said earlier where he has not shown me anything this year, but yep. that is because he has been so unlucky yep. that he is almost guaranteed to win two or three races. Like yeah. He, and he'll be just fine. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, for me, for fifth, I have Joey Logano. Um, I think he'll have another solid year this year, um, but I have him just barely missing the round of four, uh, so he can't go back there back to back on championships. But I oh, do still think I do <laughs> still think um, he will have a solid season, a respectable season. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, championship four. Championship four. Who you got? Who who do you who have I not said so far that you said a while ago? I said a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I say Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez, You're, number you four. Put, you, whoa. You put track him house in, is that good, Josh? Are you putting both track house in the championship I four? I have both track house cars in the championship four. I have an all Chevy championship four. Okay. I have almost an all Chevy championship four, but I mean, I love the sound of that with an all track house championship four, um, but I. I don't know how on board I can be with that. Suarez though. is, he's a competitive driver. He's got, and, yeah. He's. Finishing well, he's fifth in points right now. He could easily, he's easily going to be in the playoffs on points or with his win, yeah, or two. And then he's going to, he's going to be a consistent driver in the playoffs. He's, he's just gotten unlucky before. Yeah. I think he'll be, he's easily, he's, okay. he's a probably a dark horse, but that's why I have him at number four to make the yeah. top four. But I think he can do it. Yeah. Well, I love the sound of that. <laughs> uh, let's see. For me, number four, I got Ryan Blaney. I think Fair. he's going to make that championship four. Like you said last year, had that really strong one last year, just super consistent, just couldn't get that win. Yep. I think he's finally going to break into victory lane, though, this year. You think a two or three um, win or five or six or four? I'm thinking around the two to three range um, with one of those being in the round of eight and then the championship four, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's got one win in the regular season just to lock himself in. He'll point his way to the round of eight. Then they'll pick up that momentum there. Uh, and I think he'll kind of be coasting away from there. Okay. I think we have the same top three. 
Who you got in third? Kyle Busch. I know we have the same drivers in our okay. top three. Okay. I have Kyle yep. Busch. Yep. Okay. That's third. I got him at number one. You got him at number one. I am, I mean, fair, I am but riding already, or dying. I am right. I, I called Josh. it. I called it before this. Well, right after the five hundred. Kyle Busch is my ride or die this year. No, no, we can't do yeah. that. I RCR, got Kyle Busch at number one. RCR is not good enough for him to be a championship. He's <laughs> it's good enough for him to get to the championship for, but I do not think that he can be that consistent and win the championship too. Okay, well we'll see. Uh, let's see. For number three for me, I got Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, number three? Yep. Um, I mean, Chase Elliott, you can't count against him. That team is just super consistent, super solid. Uh, they've proved it the past couple of years. One in 2020. I think they were in – were they in the championship for 2021? Yes. Uh, and then last year they were in it. So what's that? Coming off of three, three, straight, three straight years in the championship four. Yep. They're no strangers to that. No. Um, they'll find a way to make their way back. He is my number two driver. Okay. At number two, I got Ross Chastain. All right. Yeah, yeah, we do have the same top three. Yeah, Ross Chastain's my number one. Number one. I like the sound of that too. Dang. Um, but yeah, he's, he's leading the points right now. He he is. Um, but yeah, I got him at number two. I do still expect for him to have a really good season again. Um, I oh, don't yes. think that last year was a fluke. I think they actually found stuff over there at Trackhouse, and they have something special cooking in that kitchen. Yes, Trackhouse has figured something out, and they have done well. I would argue they're the best ECR engine yeah driving team better than rcr yeah and everybody else yeah i think they're i think chastain has a good chance of being the overall points leader for the regular season and making it to the championship four and possibly yeah. even being champion in the playoffs yeah that's awesome uh i i could see that being a very real real possibility um but that'll that'll wrap up the second discussion period i mean that was pretty fun walking through those yeah, different drivers different takes yeah we'll have to do that next week i that was a great idea Thank but you. let's get into some a little even more fun everyone's favorite segment let's get into some trivia trivia <laughs> it's time for joshua and evan to expose themselves and see how big of fans they truly are um i don't know I have no idea. Bragging rights are on the line as one hopes to stump the other, but sometimes they just know too much. Oh, I know this. Play along and see how much you know. My man Jimmy Johnson is always a great guest. When in doubt, Chase Elliott it It's out. trivia time here on NASCAR at Night. I got the questions this week. You got the answers, or maybe you don't have the answers. You did really well last time. I think I did pretty good for myself yeah, you last, did pretty good week, last week, too. But I got some questions here for you. Heading out to Las Vegas, gonna go gambling out there. So let's go ahead and kick it off. What does Las Vegas Motor Speedway use to paint the infield grass? Paint? I don't know. Chalk? <laughs> well, they actually use this tiny little robot robot that they program oh. that outlines everything. It's really cool. They just did like a feature on on their Instagram or whatever this past week. It's kind of cool. Oh, what this, paints? This, the this little, okay. Yeah, this little robot out there. Next question I have here. Let's see. When did the Cup Series make two trips to Las Vegas during the season? Was there only one year? No. No. I mean this year. Oh, what was? Well, what was the first year that NASCAR started going there two times a year? Ooh. 2013? 2018. 2018. Okay. 2018. It was recently. In the spring, the spring race at Las Vegas has recently developed a historic sponsor name. What's the name of that race? Oh, shoot. Is it just, is this the Las Vegas Casinos one? No, nope. I don't know. The Pennzoil 400. Oh, that is that historic, I guess? I mean, it. at least in recent memory, it's always been the Pennzoil 400 for me. But really? I, would, yeah. I couldn't have told you that Pennzoil oh, sponsored it. Okay. 
Who are the two drivers that are from Las Vegas currently in the Cup Series? There's two? I thought Kyle was the only one. Is nope. Kurt technically? Kurt's nope. technically currently in the Cup Series, Josh, so I, I'm counting it. Okay, then the three. <laughs> then the three. Nope, can't change the question. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the Bush Brothers. The Bush Brothers. Also Noah Gregson. Oh, I did Las know Vegas. that. I did know that. Yep. yep, yep. What famous track is located right next to Las Vegas Motor Speedway? There's a little Legends track. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what it's called. Do you know what it's called? Nope. The Bullring. The Bullring. Okay. Bullring, yeah. That's where Kyle. That's where the Bush brothers grew up racing. I think Brexton Bush is going to be racing there this weekend. Oh, cool. So, let's see. What two teams are tied for the most wins at Las Vegas? Is Hendrick one of them? Yep. Is Penske the other? Nope. Gibbs? Nope. Shoot. Roush. Roush, okay. Yep. Yeah, they, they used both, to be good. Yeah, they both have seven okay. out there. Yeah. What is the fastest qualifying lap at Las Vegas, and who said it? Oh, I have no idea. It's going to be probably like Truex. Nope. Came in 2016. 2016. I don't even know how long the lap would be. I know it's a mile and a half track, but like, is it like a 27-second lap? (laughs) 27.505. Oh, dang. Dang. (laughs) That was pretty good. Yeah. 2016. Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. Oh, sorry there. 196.328 196.328 miles an hour. Uh-huh. So, we'll see how good you were listening. I said this earlier. Who won the spring race last year? Alex Bowman. Yeah, there you go. In 2017, what happened on pit road after the Las Vegas race? A fight? Yeah. Do you know who it was between? Kyle Busch and Joey Logano? Yeah. Yep. You know that... that like b-roll that we see of kyle bush all the time with that blood running down his face yep that's where it happened all right according to the betting odds who stands the best chance to win at las vegas this weekend i'm gonna guess kyle bush yeah do you know what his odds are Mm, plus 500 yeah five five to one that the that that, those were the odds that were released today so kyle bush at five to one is the favorite to go out there and win at las vegas this weekend so i'd say you did pretty good for yourself. Pretty all right. I didn't do yeah, very good to start pretty out. Pretty all right. You relieve some of that pressure off my shoulders for next <laughs> week. So let's get into our final discussion. You're looking forward to this weekend at Las Vegas. to close out our show here tonight we have this final discussion period and then the last lap uh but you know let's take a look now we were looking in the rear view mirror let's look out the windshield now at this weekend uh coming up in las vegas you got the schedule pulled up walk me through what we're going to be looking at this weekend so we got the trap the craftsman truck series they're racing at eight central on friday night and the xfinity race is at 3 30 our time on saturday and then the Sunday race is at 2.30. It's the Pennzoil 400. Pennzoil 400. See, I told you. Uh, but, you know, we got, a, we got a big race and a big weekend of racing out there. Um, I'm excited to see all three series back in action again. Uh, the truck series and stuff, you know, they kind of start off the season with a couple races. Then they fall off the face of the earth for a little bit. Um <laughs> But I'm excited to watch them out there. A couple new young guns in that truck series. But I'm I'm... I'm not expecting anything special from this weekend, though. I'm expecting a very straightforward mile-and-a-half weekend. No, and I was talking about this earlier. Las Vegas just isn't memorable. There's, I don't feel like there's anything ever that's going to be that big of an event or there's not going to be 
a new contender popping up somewhere. It's just going to be, oh, it's Las Vegas. Yeah, it's that mediocre type of track where you kind of know who's going to gravitate towards the front of the field and stuff. Yeah, um, eventually, Kansas. Yeah, eventually, I mean, some or sometimes maybe uh, you'll have a surprise comer or goer, um, but it kind of depends upon how the cards fall, the luck of the draw. I mean, yeah. no, no pun intended out there in Las I Vegas. I think there was uh-huh. a big pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. I mean... I'm not expecting anything spectacular. I'm expecting those who are high on our list that we just walked through, I'm expecting them to go out there and be at the front of the field and perform. Yeah, we will see a very normal race, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got for looking forward to Las Vegas. Yeah, that's I'm, it. I'm expecting nothing nothing spectacular. Nope, it's just going to be Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> so now do we go ahead and take, what, about 27 seconds to see if we can go and explain or get all of our last thoughts on why we think this is going to be it? I think I can set a record in 26. (laughs) Yeah? Okay. All right, let's get into the last lap. One final chance to place the cards on the table. It's either wreckers or checkers. Joshua and Evan have one last lap to give their final thoughts heading into this weekend. It's time to wave the white flag for the last lap. All right, this is time for the last lap. We have, it takes, what, we just said the record was 27 seconds around there, Las Vegas. So we have 27.5 seconds to get all of our thoughts out there heading into this weekend. So are you ready? And I'll kick it off. All right, let's go. So I think going into this weekend, like we just said, it's going to be a very straightforward weekend. The top teams are going to rise to the top. That's where I'm expecting. I'm going to predict Chase Elliott's going to go out there and get the win of the season. Hendrick had performed really well there last year. Kyle Larson was looking really well, but ultimately it was Alex Bowman going out there and getting that win. I think this year it's Chase Elliott's turn. He's coming off a second place finish at Fontana. He's got the momentum, and I think that that nine car is going to be the one to look out for. That's time. All right, look at that on the dot, 27.5 seconds. All right, it's your turn. Ready and go. I remember that trivia thing we talked about earlier where it was Roush and Hendrick at exactly the same amount of wins. That's going to change this weekend. I don't know which side's going to win. Probably not Roush. I would say it's probably going to be a Hendrick driver who wins this weekend. I think that Kyle Larson has a great chance. I think Alex Bowman could repeat as a winner. I could see Kyle Larson. Sorry, I already said Kyle Larson. (laughs) I could see him winning twice. I could see Chase (laughs) Elliott winning, but I don't think Byron will win. And there we go. That's time. All right. That's the last lap here. I mean, we pretty much got the same opinion here. I think we might be a little biased, uh, but we're expecting a good Hendrick showing out there. So let's get into our closing thoughts heading into this weekend. Closing out the show here, you know, Evan, you just mentioned when those ra- when those race times are. We have one Friday night, one Saturday afternoon, then the Cup Series, capping it all off on Sunday afternoon. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to tuning into the races. We have spring break coming up, so yep. that means that next week we will not have an episode put out. Uh, we will be off on break, enjoying some time to ourselves, but then we'll be back. We'll have a couple races to catch up on. Yes. From there, we will have the we will have Las Vegas, and, and then, then we will have Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Sounds good. Phoenix will be 
Phoenix, I guess we'll have our idea of who will be able to win at the championship race. Yeah, it'll give us a good a good little sneak preview of who performs well there and then something to compare to at the end of the season as well. So make sure to tune in this weekend to the races and stuff. I know we'll be tuned in. Uh, if you liked our hot takes or if you have a hot take yourself, make sure to reach out to us on Twitter at N at N show. We would love to hear from you, get your opinions of our show and uh, hear your hot takes. Maybe we'll agree. Maybe we won't, uh, but make sure to tune in, not next week, but the week after for another episode of NASCAR at night. Until then, keep the wheels steady and we'll see you maybe not out, the, out on the track, but we'll see you back here when we talk about our opinions. This is NASCAR at night, the podcast. You've been listening to NASCAR at Night, only on The Alternative Edge. Don't miss us next week when we find out how close our predictions came. Until then, keep your wheels steady and your nights open for NASCAR at Night.